1991 World Series right there. One of the greats. One right. of the greats. The greatest of all time. Some, a lot of people are saying people that's are the saying. best World Series that's ever been played. Well, I'm saying it. I was, you know, I was only two years old uh, when it happened, but I, I remember. Still the great. only good part of this show. Good. Marcus Traxler is here in studio. Drew Amon is in Denver, Colorado. I'm Travis Krins. A edition of the 2080 Baseball Podcast. We are here. First time in season. Wow. In season. First time in season. Uh, a good a good month plus into the season. Uh, I think the baseball season thus far, very good. It's been a good season. You've got uh, Houston and the Yankees in Boston. American League, they've all met expectations. Uh, the Central is very bad. Uh, Cleveland is, is very bad. The Twins, we'll talk more about them. Uh, is there a bit of a shift now with the National League? Because for years it was uh, the Dodgers, Nationals, you could count on them, uh, you know, Cardinals, Cubs. But now it looks like the Braves and the Phillies on the come. They could be the come as we talk right now. So they're on the come. Uh, there, there may be a little bit ahead of schedule next year. Maybe uh, they are coming right now as we speak. So uh, what, what do you make of the baseball season thus far? The powers in the American League. It seems like the National League is completely open. Uh, you know, I don't really, when it comes to team by team breakdowns, like, I don't know if I'm super expert on that. I know that you, that we have all only witnessed roughly 25% of all of the things to be experienced in this baseball season. So, you know, it's, I think it's really fun. What, like how, how Atlanta and Philadelphia and, uh, Milwaukee, oh, man. division leading uh, Colorado. How teams in the National League have fared. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that's a indicative of the you know the next four months, but um, in the American League feels like pretty much already done. Which is it feels like the NBA using emotionally. It feels like uh, maybe you know, a little bit. It, the, the The American League feels like the NBA in December. It's like all right, we, we know Cleveland, Golden State, Houston. And here we are, uh, a week away from June. We're waiting for it, and here we'll be uh, in the middle of October, waiting for Houston to take on New York or Boston. So it's it's been good, and it's it's also early. So that's a good, good position to be in. Drew, m- m- most of my like confusion. I have. Are, can you hear me? Yeah, you've got some confusion. What are you confused Speak. about? I have confused emotions about uh, Major League Baseball in the you know the as an organism where it's like uh, I really enjoy some of the things that are happening and then I also really don't enjoy some of the current things that are happening. Like for instance, um, the the game the the people making the decisions in the games are gener- are like are g- in a broader context a little bit smarter about the decisions that they make uh philosophically there's some changes that are really great um which i guess w- we can maybe get into later or or now or whatever or but there's also the problem where um everyone's just everyone's just striking out just all of the time do you care about um, that and I guess maybe there's a trade-off between you know there there there's there's a lot less stupid bunting going on while there's still being a lot more strikeouts happening, um, and I think there might be some sort of crisis 
coming up mm. uh, where the, the sport of baseball is going to have to decide and, and make some uh, steps to, to eliminate, uh, you know, there being 17 strikeouts every game. I don't, with the strikeouts and balls not being put into play, I don't think it's a huge deal. Uh, it's all, it's seemingly with baseball, it seems like, how can we get young people to watch? How can we get anybody to watch this this goddamn sport? And they're like, oh, we got to get the young people involved. So we're going to stream it on Facebook with graphics that take up 80% of the screen. That's a, that's a disaster. Uh, a lot of strikeouts. Strikeouts are, are rising. Uh, home runs uh, probably won't set a record. It was a cold uh, first month, so we'll see. Maybe the home runs will set another record like it did last year. Uh, but with the positives, home runs, people like the home runs. Uh, strikeouts, I'm going to talk about some relievers here. They're throwing 105 miles an hour, for God's sake. Not sakes. in the strike zone. Not in the strike zone, but people are swinging at it because the hitters suck. People people like, uh, people like home runs. And those balls leave the yard. Those are balls not put in play. Yep. Get uh, shore up on your BABIP. And then yep. uh, people also like strikeouts. I mean, we, we market pitching uh, as well. And I think the pitching, uh, if, we're, if we're getting the strikeouts, the teams we're probably going to talk about, the Yankees, Houston, on record rates, I believe, yep. in the pitching department. And they have notable names uh, on the mound. F- certainly Houston and New York's uh, in a lot of the same way. Um, I mean, Houston's got uh, sort of the murderer's row if we're going to make the connection between the two teams uh, in their pitching staff, especially the rotation. So um, I, I think the strikeouts are part of the game. I mean, that's that's what people like to see. You like seeing the big whiffs uh, from these guys at the plate. And uh, you mentioned the relievers. There's certainly a lot of good young talent there as well. I mean, look, I mean, well, gr- growing up, you had to watch Johan Santana. You would skip a Carlos Silva start. You would skip well, a big cat. I'm going to watch. I'm going to sure. watch the big cat. Yes. You know what we had to watch growing up when we were watching baseball games? You know what we had to watch all the time? We had to watch leadoff hitters with 285 on base percentage. That wasn't great. Because they were like kind of quick and, you know, and stuff like that. They just, you know, slap, slap the ball, make the defense have to make a play. And like that's a that's a type of hitter that has basically has basically for the large part been eliminated, and that's something I'm happy about. But I'm also not happy about. And again, this is like I have a lot of confusion about my feelings about the state of baseball today. I think there's a lot of good and a lot of bad, but I'm happy about the leadoff hitter not being their the worst hitter in the lineup anymore. I but I'm also not happy about uh, the the kind of uh, extreme cases of. Uh, a, a Joey Gallo in, in mm-hmm. for Texas who really only hits home runs and uh, so he here's here's a guy who's going to hit 45 home runs and and because of the amount of because of how shitty he hits for batting average and how bat, how much he strikes out he's going to be at most like a league average hitter that's really weird that's a that's basically to me that's like the case of a uh, you know a, a person with a 300 on base percentage you know being in a high leverage situation at the start of a game because they're one of the top three hitters in the lineup. It's weird, man. There's a lot of weird stuff going on. Is somebody so like a lot of it's good? Well, it's 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 cool to see a sport like this change before your eyes in a quick amount of time uh, with, with the shifting and, and a high rate of strikeouts. It's it's good to see that to be involved in that and to recognize it as it's happening, so you can see it to see it happen. Uh, Joey Gallo, you brought him up. 
Uh, is this an instance where uh, maybe uh, a few years ago he doesn't get a chance because last year he got a full season of at-bats. He uh, did well. Uh, this year he's going to get another full season of at-bats. He's not doing as well uh, this year. So is this a, a guy? Uh, does he represent the era of, well, you can hit, you can still hit 200, but as long as uh, you know, you're hitting 40 home runs and you're striking out 200 times, that's okay with us because home runs, strikeouts, we'll live with that. Well, it's going to change for Gallo because Gallo still plays a, a, a prominent defensive position. And so a lot of what Gallo brings is also dependent on what he does in the field. And he's been okay at that, um, which means that it's really important what he does at the plate if he's only going to be average at what he does in the field. And what he does at the plate is strike out all of the time. Um, he doesn't necessarily hit for great uh, slugging percentage, which is very confusing because he hits a lot of home runs. Uh, but he only hits home runs. It's not like he's hitting 40 doubles. He hit 18 doubles last year. He's hitting home runs or well, he's striking I, out. There's no in between almost. Right. This is what's confusing about someone who hits uh, roughly at, at, a, at a pro-rated clip of 45 home runs a year, per year, but still manages like a low 800 OPS. Yep. That's very confusing in the historical context of Major League Baseball. Uh, so Gallo is like the most extreme example of kind of the the attitude of what people want, what baseball, I think team, what ba- what like front office people want to see out of players. And so Gallo is like Gallo is so close to being that very rare like one tool guy, and his one tool is home run like power good tool to have good um i guess there's maybe a couple examples of that reminds uh, me of a twin center fielder his one tool is very good probably yeah, he's fast and then the defense is good that's two tools that is two tools he has twice as many tools double the tools as gallo on double the opposite the end double the gallo tools that's anyway right. uh um so i'm still talking a little bit about aspects of major league baseball today that I don't maybe exactly love. You don't like that. And, okay. but there are things that I do love about what's going on right now. Such um, as, you know, I, I, the, the, the idea of the top two or two hitters in your lineup being your Hitter. actual best couple of hitters in your lineup is very important. Um, I'm really happy to see some home run hitters being your first and second and third hitters rather than being your three, your four, your five hitters. Good to have those guys um, hit four times a game, I'd say. And let me, let me, let me, let me explain to you why I think that is, you know, for a long time I've been watching, I've been, I've been thinking about, um, what, what are the important times of a baseball game a little bit differently and lot, in my entire lifetime, I would say up and up until maybe the past couple of few years, um, people have basically regarded the first inning as being like kind of like perfunctory or being like ordinary, and like the idea that a baseball game doesn't really start until the third, like the fuck the fifth inning. The baseball game starts in the first inning, um, and you know one of the more higher leverage situations, regardless of the time of the game, is whenever it's a tie game. And when it's the, the team that the team that's batting, it has their top of the order batting. 
Those are high leverage situations. And when does that always happen? The first inning. It is, uh, yeah, the first inning, at least in the American League, is the highest scoring inning, and it's uh, it's very high in the National League as well. And since we're on the first inning, the thing that I love more, the thing that I've liked the most, has happened the past weekend with the one-inning starts from Sergio Romo for Tampa Bay. Uh, they went very well. He struck out the side. He faced Trout and Upton and like Zach Cosart, some very good hitters. Uh, his splits are very extreme. He's great against righties. Uh, not so great uh, against the lefties. Uh, so you put him against all those right-handed hitters. He strikes out the side. He starts again the next day. He does well again. Uh, that's a great idea. We'll see. Yeah. Hopefully they hopefully they try it again. So the first inning uh, in that aspect, it's very important because you have uh, their best hitters guaranteed to be up in that inning. So I think that's a great idea. I saw quotes from players. They varied. Do you see this? Zach Cozart, by by chance, yes. was among the most negative about this particular strategy, um, mainly yes. because he didn't like that the same pitcher would not be in the entire game, which is the part that I think the rest of us do like. Um, and the fact that you might come up against, he said it was bad for baseball, Sergio Romo making back-to-back starts. He compared it to spring training. Uh, I just like people like that that have no interest in, uh, like like Houston Street a couple of years ago. He had no interest in going multiple innings. He's like, no, I want I want one inning, a clean ninth inning. I'm not interested in pitching multiple innings. You have Zach goes uh, Cozart, uh, who has no interest in this uh, in this new revelation. It seems like Tampa Bay always tries something new uh, with the shifts years ago and Joe Madden and their front office and. Uh, they finally had some success, and they won 90 games. They made the playoffs. They got to the World Series. Now they're trying to you know, slash payroll and get by cheap again, and they're one of the, the more surprising teams right around 500 in a very difficult division. And uh, they've tried this uh, this rotation where you're only throwing a guy three innings at a time, and uh, I think it seemed to work uh, very good thus far. So what are your thoughts on Romo and the Rays in the first inning? I think the Rays are a really important part of Major League Baseball right now in the larger like state of the game being that you know what if what if we what if baseball decided that the best time for a starting pitcher to enter a game is not exactly the top or the bottom of the first inning with no outs Maybe it's like the what fourth if the inning. Best time, what if the best time for a starting pitcher um, to throw, say, five innings, which, by the way, is generally the large majority of the time is the expectation for a starting pitcher is to go five innings. I know we love all these uh, these ace pitchers uh, that can go seven innings like consistently and up, you know, and more than that also a decent amount of the time. Um, but there's maybe 35 of those. Um, so, so, so the majority of the time we have, a, we have a situation where there's two starting pitchers uh, who can probably get somewhere between 15 to 18 outs. So if you want to help that, the, the majority of Major League Baseball starting pitchers out, by introducing them into the game when they face, say, the six through nine hitters rather than the one through five hitters, 
that gives them a little extra boost. Um, that eliminates the um, third time through the order thing, or at least minimizes it. Mm-hmm. And it allows people, you know, if there's an example of a five inning guy right now in that we know more than most people, it would be Fernando Romero, uh, the rookie from for the Twins right now. Brilliant on five innings. That's all we want. Yeah, don't we? We do. Brios is the all really Brios is that guy that can go seven or eight. That's all we want. Sure. I, I, my yeah. observation on this earlier in the week was I would prefer to have it be longer stints from each guy, whether that's three, three, and three if we're going yep. uh, nine innings. Or I do like the idea of saying if, if we're going to take Drew's idea and we're going to say the first inning is a high leverage situation, maybe my setup guy or you know one of my key guys is going to throw that first inning. Then I'm going to go to my starter for four or five innings, what's traditionally been a starter. And see where the game's at from there. If we get it to the sixth or seventh inning when we're in maybe another high leverage situation, now we're bringing the closer on for one, two innings, and then I'm seeing where I'm at from there. I just like the whole idea of mixing and not – I don't like that Romo's only going one inning, but I also understand he's a closer. That's part of the deal. So um, I like that they mixed it up. Obviously, their rotation has been beset by injuries. That's part of why they're in this situation. But uh, I'm glad it's getting people talking. I'm glad we're getting dumb quotes from players out of it because it sees uh, it exposes <laughs> some of the dumb players, which is always good. And, and I mean, I, I like that the Rays are willing to move the needle even without Joe Madden there. Kind of shows what kind of franchise they certainly are. And there was a bunch of quotes I read earlier today. I thought it was great. Just the quotes. There were like 20 different uh, players. I think it was an MLB.com article of, uh, of what people thought, and some were good and some were bad and some were uh, in the middle. Uh, so, yeah, I would say, you know, three, three, and three, that, that one time through the order because second time and third time not as good usually as your first time through the order. So I could see that uh, being the future. I said to you, like, you know, 20 years from now, I can see, you know, three, three, and three. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I still think you need somebody to bite off a big chunk of the innings. And if you've got a yeah. Verlander or a Kershaw or uh, whoever, and they can go seven or eight, then yes, Chris Sale, those will always be there. But again, I think the 200-inning pitcher, that's going to be uh, coming to extinction here in the probably in the next decade. It will be interesting, though, because you, you breed those guys through the minor leagues, and that's ultimately where they're going to try this out at. So, you know, essentially that, that ace guy may not survive the minor leagues and coming up he may not be conditioned or uh built to go eight innings we'll see how that that shakes out maybe you just have guys that are sort of outliers and they'll be able to do that but um especially when it comes to those fourth or fifth starters your top three should be uh, at least average to above average pitchers but once you get to those fourth and fifth starters then you can mix it up uh once in a while uh you saw josh Hader. you see the twins game the other night he comes in uh, what six seven strikeouts goes two plus innings gets the win that there is how you use a goddamn reliever you bring him in literally so did not, did not even touch him the, the, hater, the hater example is what is one of my favorite things of right now where you have a a young new uh reliever who is both um very highly talented and like being like optimizing his talents while at the same time uh, the team is using him. His usage Perfectly. is being optimized at the same time. That rarely happens, but Hater is like one of the guys where he'll make 
let's just say 60 appearances this year, but he'll throw 112 innings. innings, That's amazing. That's great. Great. That's something that we've kind of been wishing for, and I think we're finally getting it with examples like him and maybe some other guys across the league. Guys, we don't say this very often on the show because I'm not on the show very often, but good job, Brewers. You did good. <laughs> good job, bro. Look at this. Look at that. And Krins is wearing the Brewers, uh, the M and the B, the glove, the best <laughs> the best logo uh, the Brewers have ever had. Very good logo. Because he, uh, he dominated the... <laughs> it's very good. I mean, he uh, he's going to have over 100 strikeouts. He may have 100 strikeouts by the All-Star break. He's already, what, in the mid-50s? I feel like he'll probably be in the All-Star game if that happens. No, he's pitched 28 innings. He was like top 10 in strikeouts in the National League. Uh, it, it's a, it's an amazing strikeout rate, like two per inning. Uh, yeah, he's a guy that you want pitching. You don't want him pitching one inning at a time. You want him pitching, you know, two, two and a third, maybe three innings at a time. And I think the stat is they have not lost a game yet where he's appeared. I don't remember the exact situation, but it was a, a close game in the Brewers. I think it was maybe the seventh inning. Uh, that he came in, and th- you could tell at that point, it's like this guy's coming in. He's winning he's the game. He's gonna blow smoke, and uh, this is the their guy the rest of the way, provided they can win in regulation. And the the Twins didn't touch him; it wasn't even an issue. Well, so I think it's also important to note that, like with this Rays experiment, with you know, you know Romo starting back to back games uh, on a weekend, like I, I think an important important distinction to be made in that it's you know I'm. Speaking a little bit from like the human side of things, speak from the heart. Speak from the heart. At the the same time, you need uh, people like Sergio Romo to be like, you know what? Actually, yeah, I'm fine with it. I'll start this game. I'll pitch one inning at the in the first inning rather than in the eighth inning. Like you also need professional athletes to kind of like go along with your idea, right? And so people like Josh Hader. Hater is probably like, use me however you want, and I'm going to be down with it. And people like Sergio Romo to, Romo to be like, okay, yeah, like I have habits of like not really needing to be engaged in the game for the first two hours, and actually instead I'm going to have to be ready to go from the first pitch of the game. Like that, that's harder to that's harder to like ask than I think we we think it is. But these are two guys that, at least in the short term, have been able to do that. And I really, really like them for it because I think that's um, admirable. That's important for going ahead, like other teams, to kind of play with that idea as well. We have some breaking news. I don't know if you have the breaking news. I was going to mention this guy as far as I was going to. Huh? I was going to mention this. What? Jesus Christ. (laughs) The Minnesota Twins have acquired. First baseman Chris Carter from the Angels. He's going to report to yeah. This this AAA is a, Rochester. This seems like a bad. This is a. This I was. I had these guys' stats up here. The Chris Carter. All he does is catch touchdowns. All this guy does is strike out and hit home runs too. <laughs> this was a guy I had up here talking about Joey Gallo, and and this is a Joey Gallo guy. Um, jo- uh, Joey Joey Gallo sixty eight strikeouts. How long will it take Chris Carter to get to sixty eight strikeouts in the bigs this year? A week. <laughs> a week for God's sakes. He. I think it's 212 he struck out one year. You know what this tells me? Desperation. Uh, it tells me Joe Maurer's probably not coming back anytime soon. Say it. Is what that tells me. So, Chris Carter it's from it. Chris Carter right. Angels to now Twins. You probably got to do better than that. I don't know what, I mean. He's a guy. He's he, not a good guy. He's a guy. But he's a guy. So, Chris Carter, uh, you know, probably a chance there to 
to be uh, to be with the Twins. Uh, so what, what's to say you think about Joe Maurer? It's kind of been pretty quiet, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's done forever. Uh, you know, this uh, I don't even know what happened. It was the uh, Angels series. They say he dove for a ball and and potentially strained his neck uh, on it that was play. neck and their con- it's always it's not a concussion it's not the flu it was concussion like symptoms no concussion and flu like symptoms it's always the symptoms cancer aids like symptoms it's never the actual disease it's symptoms of the disease so i mean i uh, is that too much to say he might be done i don't know i mean i think he'll make it back this doesn't seem but like what does that move say right there it says that they need help at first base i mean i so no should be back here in the next week. So we would think so. Apparently, maybe going to be on the Seattle trip. We'll see. I don't know if that's still on. And you can put him at first too. So that'd be a good idea. Yeah. Have Escobar at third. I, I would. I not to make this not to make this the Joe Mauer sympathy hour. But you did have a tweet earlier this week about yeah, it pissed me off. To about know. you know people who have criticized him for a long time. I would say you know right after he signed the $184 million contract. Maybe I was one of those people, but it was clear at that point also that he wasn't going to be a 28 home run guy like he was in 2009. Um, I'm, I'm somebody who's fully come to grips with who he is. I'm glad he's been on the Twins for as long as he has, uh, considering he's the you know the primary player of my youth, my upbringing, one of the reasons I'm a Twins fan. I'll be fine if it ends right now. I You know, I think without the injuries, he's you know a lot closer to three thousand hits. Which if is he something. stays at catcher, that helps too. Yeah, I mean he, you know, I, to me he, he'll go down as one of the best catchers of all time. Even though he hasn't, you know, he didn't play for an extended period of time. Uh, for what he was, great player. I mean, I, that's just kind of how I feel about it. So, yeah, I'm one of the biggest biggest Mauer kind of enthusiasts uh, uh, that I know, and so for <laughs> and you know you better than anybody. <laughs> that's right. I know me better than I know my dad. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, and I know my dad pretty well. Uh, anytime there's someone who like has a career where they kind of have a lot of ups and downs, as Maurer has, um, be it with the cut concussion being the major down. Anytime like you produce a like basic slash line of like three oh six. 389 uh, with an MVP and like seven all-stars. You were a very, very good baseball player. Uh, so it's really dumb for people to be like, his contract was too big. It's like, his contract wasn't probably big enough. <laughs> I mean, with this 26-year-old when he won the MVP as a freaking catcher hitting 365, uh, he was the so best, yeah. We, oh, he was the best we hitter. We could have paid basically. him $300 million rather than what we paid. Oh, that would have been terrible. So, An extra $100 Whatever you know, happens to Maurer, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to decide, I'm going to be a little bit less extreme and say he's going to be gone for three or four weeks and then he'll come back and it'll it'll be generally okay. Um, so... Anyway, that's my that's my Mauer thing. Because I saw you know stories right. you know getting posted about he'll be on the DL and people saying oh he's weak and all of this and what a waste of money bilateral neck weakness and it's like enough enough with this you stupid people enough with this uh, obviously it did not help that he kind of peaked when he signed his contract was it 2011 he signed the deal and he had a couple good years after that but then about 2014 30 31 years old is when he. Uh, was not an elite player anymore. And then the concussions, 
I think people just don't. I don't know. Concussions are a serious thing. And I just don't think people. Uh, Some people don't get it yet. I mean, in that that ruined Justin Morneau's career. He still went on to win a batting title. I think he made an All Star game with Colorado, and, and it was very good. But he he was never the same, and and the same with Maurer. And I, you know, people in the past, we'll just move him back to catcher. You know, you can't. His brain is hurt. If he gets another concussion, that's a long term damage situation. And uh, and this is the last year of his contract. He's thirty five years old. And up until this latest injury, it was likely he was going to play, you know, probably a couple more years. He's been having, uh, last year was a better season. This year uh, is a good year. He's just, you know, no power to speak of anymore. Not that he had a lot to begin with, but here, there's just, you know, 10 home runs just probably won't happen for him again if he continues to play. But, but and, and just at the time, uh, if they would have, if he would have went to the Yankees or Boston, you know what the, their reaction would have been. The Twins are cheap, and they won't pay for anybody. They finally pay for somebody, and then people still complain. So it's like you can't have it both ways. You would have had a lot of people criticize uh, both Maurer and the Red Sox slash Yankees if he would have done the exact same thing, you know, taken the eight-year deal with one of those two teams too. I, I, I just kind of think he is what he is. I mean, there's no sense in – He's a borderline Hall of Famer. He, he, I don't think he's getting in. But he was on the trajectory there as a catcher. I feel pretty confident that the Twins will retire his number, and to me, that's oh, yeah. deserved. So that's I'm um, you know that seems like the fitting uh, tribute to what kind of career he's had. And yeah, Kirby Puckett, Herman Killebrew, Rod Carew, Joe Maurer. Those are the four best players mm-hmm. to ever play for the Twins. He's probably fourth on that list, and that's a pretty good top four. He was like a 320 career hitter, but these last five six years, he's now dropped to 308. So, but what is on base is 391. So, 126 OPS plus, uh, a very good season for Joe Maurer. Now there's Chris Carter. That should be a, just a, just a pleasure uh, to watch him uh, there. You making the trip to Rochester? I'll be there. He'll be there. Great. As long as we're on the Twins, anything else with the Twins? Uh, something surprising. Uh, their strikeouts were very low, just the worst in baseball. Now they're up to 11th in baseball. They're striking out nine per game. Logan Morrison. No, no, no. The, the pitch. Oh, the, the pitching. pitching. Oh, okay. So right. uh, Jake Odorizzi, what do you have? Ten strikeouts the other night. Uh, Romero striking guys out. Barrios striking guys out. Uh, bullpen guys, your guy F. Rodney, uh, a guy. Uh, so it's up from 7.3 last year. Now up nearly two full strikeouts to nine. So that's a vast improvement. Um, so I mean, that's good to see because they were always bottom. Of, uh, of Major League Baseball and strikeouts for the pitchers. And now they're, they're above league average. They're 11th, so it's a positive. Asi- aside from Lance Lynn, I think the additions pitching-wise have mostly done what yeah. you could hope. I mean, Odorizzi's been good, solid, you know, and, and uh, the bullpen guys have been kind of up and down. Rodney was not good to start, but he's fine now. He's, he's closing games, so yeah. I can live with it. And I think that's a, a good uh, showing of what sort of improvement they've had both in the rotation and the bullpen. Lance Lynn is a albatross right now, but uh, right. Uh, Phil Hughes uh, gone. Probably won't be. Uh, probably I don't know if some team will give him a shot. But still um, owed like twenty million though, right? And yeah, twenty two million. So that's not good. Drew Ahmed, Any any Twins thoughts? Kyle Gibson's been good. Everybody's been good except uh, except Kyle Gibson and and Logan Morrison had a very good is having a good month of May. So free agency's been good. I had to get a keep cheap shot in there. Good. Yeah, except for Lance Lynn, because he sucks. <laughs> I mean, uh, you, you thought he would struggle. I don't think anybody thought he'd be this bad. Yes. An ERA near eight. He can't he can strike out a lot of guys, but he walks too many. He's fat. 
He walks too many guys. He's on a one-year deal. It's not so okay. So what do you do? You said what a week or so ago that it was it was ridiculous to consider a six-man rotation or or what what were you what point were you making there? Yeah, the point I was making is that it's dumb. It, you, you you should have you need to be able to have five people that are able to get major league hitters out. And the idea of a six-man rotation is insulting because the Twins have never had six starting pitchers capable of getting a lineup out even two consecutive times through the order. So I Do they I this year, though? They might this really year. really kind of intellectually uh, puzzling. Uh, so the idea that you can have these veteran guys and then these young pitchers just be able to like do what they do over the course of five months of a season was really silly to me. Um, what you want to do is you want to make the five spots that you have really competitive. You want, you want, uh, you of uh, you know, upstarts or rookies. You want good veterans that are healthy and, productive you don't the idea of establishing six people in a rotation i think is just like opening the door to just have more issues um so i never agreed with that and i still don't um you need you need five good guys you don't need six guys with like one third of those guys like barely able to get major league hitters out like more than three innings at a time. What if the Twins have six really good pitchers, which I think they do? They've got Barrios, they've got Romero, they've got Gibson, they got Irv coming back, they've got Odorizzi, and I think Steven Gonsalves can come up anytime now. I think those are six average to above average pitchers, and I would all want them throwing this year. Except for Lance Lynn, everybody's good. Oda um, Rizzi, well, the bullpen guy, Zach Duke, you got his poster up in your bedroom. You love him. <laughs> I don't love uh, Zach Duke or really. <laughs> we like the Twins kind of set themselves up to like to to fall into a scenario where a lot of what's happening right now, although it's not nearly as severe. Uh, reminds me of a 2011 Twins team wow. that ended up losing 90, like 100 games. Because uh, you know we we were you know, yeah we were active in the free agent market you know we let's go get some guys and let's like you know let's be good let's be a good baseball team you know I know that the 2011 Twins just completely fought, fell on their faces right away the current Twins haven't exactly done that which is kind of also response to what the rest rest of the division has done but the amount of injuries the amount of misfortune that's happened with this team is like. Buxton's um, been out. So, Sano's been out. So it's nice that Odorizzi's been okay, and you know, I, I, I'm not a Zach Duke guy whatsoever. I don't know why this guy. To, to, to me, when I watch Zach Duke pitch, I think like this should be a guy who pitches when we're up seven or down seven. <laughs> but I don't have nearly as optimistic of an outlook in general. But Taylor Rogers is not. No, his area is high. It's interesting with, with the relievers. <laughs> Are, have they had a couple of bad outings, and that's why their ERA is high? Did they give up three runs uh, in an inning? Like Zach Duke, he had a run there. His first three or four outings uh, were not good. He gave up runs. Anyone on that big run of 10, 12, 
uh, straight scoreless outings, and that was very good. Now he's given up, uh, given up a run or two here or there. So um, he's been like the Twins: bad start, good, uh, good in the middle, and then kind of up and down the rest of the way. Uh, Cleveland, they're still you know a game ahead of the Twins. So I am fine with the Twins playing 500 and being with Cleveland, even though this is the worst division in baseball. I am Detroit has been at 20 and 27. Probably seven games better than I thought. I, th- I thought they would be down with Chicago and Kansas City. Can I get my fun American League Central factoid in right now? Absolutely. My, right now. My favorite thing about the American League Central is that the Chicago White Sox, 13 wins. They have the fewest wins in baseball at this very moment. They do. Uh, they are fourth in the American League because of the way the records are. <laughs> uh, the Royals are below them. So that's great. I love that. The team that has the fewest wins is not in last. Yeah. And the se- and the team with the second fewest wins also in this in this division. The AL Central has two baseball teams, two baseball teams who are lo- almost losing three out of every four baseball games that they play. And the Twins have barely played any of them, so that gives me hope of being a five hundred team. Time to get fat and happy here, Twins. They here pulled one out well, against Detroit last that, night, that so do it again. Good at all? Like the idea of like, of like of like a, of like a dishonest like contending baseball team it's dishonest when you when 38 of your games are against the chicago white Sox, who are deliberately sucking and the royals who are who set them who set themselves up to deliberately suck it was a dishonest war and it'll be a dishonest playoff push right here cool that's great (laughs) well i hope everyone's happy i'm pleased i don't care as long as they're in the race that's fine uh, Josh Hader, we talked about him. Uh, Jordan Hicks, he's the guy that threw 105 the other day. That's great. Uh, he doesn't strike anybody out, which you would think he would because he throws 100 miles an hour, but his strikeout it numbers no his strikeout numbers are not good. That's weird. It makes no sense. He looks like a horrible pitcher, and he's probably one of the best pitchers. Yeah, Adam, uh, Adam Adovino for your Rockies, a uh, hell of a pitcher. Uh, a- Adam Simber. Adam Simber. This is a guy for the Padres. Have you heard of this guy or not? Because I, I, I have heard of him. Yeah. Adam Simber yeah. is a reliever for the Padres. He his fastball is eighty six miles an hour. I like the sound of that. He's striking guys out left and right. He's got he's got a sidearm delivery. He literally throws fifteen miles an hour slower than Jordan Hicks, and his strikeout numbers are uh, I don't say double Hicks, but they are significantly higher than a guy who throws 15 miles an hour harder. So Adam Simber, Padres, uh, sidearm delivery. Guys can't hit him. They strike out all the time. The Craig Breslow pitcher of the week. Sure. <laughs> Craig Breslow, the Matt Caps uh, pitcher of the week. So those are relievers, and I think that's part of uh, part of the exciting game of baseball is that you probably wouldn't have uh, uh, been excited to see a, a middle reliever come in. And now you are because we got guys like this. We're not closers, uh, but are pitching in the 6th, 7th, and 8th, and they're fun to watch. What about 19-year-old raw talents coming up for the raw. Nationals? These they're... talents, Salmonilla, oh. Salmonilla. <laughs> Juan Soto came up the other day for Washington, hit a goddamn home run. His first, uh, maybe his first at bat. Uh, so Juan Soto, 19 years old, Mookie Betts is in another home run. What has he got, 16 M bet setting. Put him at sixteen right now. Putting uh, putting it up at a record pace, leading all of baseball. 
Uh, but you have Juan Soto. Uh, he called. He was called up. Uh, you have uh, a gentleman, uh, a, a Canadian, no less. His name is Tyler O'Neill. I put him in the chat. Said Tyler O'Neill, a guy. Uh, he's with uh, St. Louis. What does Joey Votto think of him uh, being a Canadian? They're great buddies. He's going to buy him a sheep and a goat hmm. just for making uh, the big league roster. Now, you mentioned sheep and goat. This is my other breaking news story. Drew Amon, are you aware of what's happening at the end of July in your hometown? I read it on the radio today. I was oh very excited. Goodness. How good is that? July 28th. What's happening? July 28th. First inaugural South Dakota Chislick Festival. you got to be shitting me. I'm not. It's in your hometown. In Freeman. No way. Yeah. Where? What? Two on, months from now. Press release. On Main Street. Uh, it should be at MitchellRepublic.com right now. Not a lot of details. It didn't sound like sound like a very thrown-together thing that has no idea it what's going like on. It sounds like they're putting it together two months before it's happening. Yeah. July Unbelievable. 20, from 4 p.m. to dusk. They're saying there's going to be craft beer. I'm in. No kidding. I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been throwing Chislick fests. Uh, well, not anymore. But when I was young, I was doing it all the time. Uh, so I consider, I really kind of consider me and my my grandfather kind of pioneers of uh, Chislick phenomenon in the state of South Dakota. So this is this is big news. Are you familiar with the idea that that they're at the center of the Chislick circle? Uh, I really do consider Freeman, Menno, kind of generally Hutchinson County uh, to be generous mm-hmm. uh, as being the, the, the capital of uh, literally of the entire world. Uh, but it's really, um, I really consider my grandfather, uh, Chuck Jacobson, may he rest in peace, uh, to, to, to be one of the um, real pioneers of, um, of the Chislick scene Chislick culture in the in, in the Freeman area, so it's really amazing to hear about there being some sort of feast that's going to involve you know um, the cube an entire community. Yes, I love it. I love it. Great. I think we're I serious come, about going go to this thing. I think you sound serious. That? July twenty eighth. Yeah, if you come, okay. if you come back, we're I'm going to this. So let's. Is right before the amateur tournament. It it should be the weekend of the district tournaments for amateur ball. It's a Saturday night, four yeah. o'clock. Unbelievable. Quite tremendous. So there you go. Uh, Juan Soto, they called him up, so he's an exciting young player. Lots of exciting young players. Ozzy Albies with the Braves. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. uh, with the Braves. Tons of guys. Youngest, he only played 122 minor league games. That's the fewest to reach the major league since Alex Rodriguez in 1994. He played 114 games. Uh, Swings hard. Uh, but he's not uh, not necessarily ready, I wouldn't say. Well, he's 19. Uh, he's 19. Uh, and you compare him to uh, guys in college. I read this thing on fan graphs earlier. Uh, his, his skills are about where you'd expect him to be. So He's like a top 20 prospect, so he's, he's very exciting. Yeah. I, I, I like to see these guys come up right away, and they're good right away. You don't have to wait. Well, you got to wait for Buxton until 2026 well, <laughs> before he gets. No, he's good. He comes up. He's good right away. That's great. He hit a home yeah, it's, run. It's not a new thing for Akune and people like Tyler O'Neill to come up and be great right away. Like there's an exam- there's really some like pretty good examples of uh, twenty to twenty year twenty one year olds coming up and being good right away. Uh, we have Trout. We have Bryce Harper. We do have. Uh, Trout. I think I think Mookie Betts when he was a twenty two year old had put up like a you know five war season. So it, this isn't. Here's the deal. This isn't crazy. If you're getting called up when you're 19 or 20 years old, 
you're going to be good. Because there's a reason why they're calling you up when you're 19 or 20, because you're really, really yeah. good. So it's, it's a pretty good track record of young guys. Uh, quarter pole of the season, uh, going, uh, you know, turn, turn, uh, turn two, going into turn two at the Belmont. Uh, I think we've got an outstanding race for uh, the awards this year between Mookie Betts and Mike Trout. That's looking like a good one. Uh, you've got Verlander and Garrett Cole on the same. Uh, Verlander's got an ERA of 1.05. You've got Max Scherzer, uh, runaway right now in the in the National League. He's been tremendous. So some good races, Rookie of the Year. You know, with with uh, those Braves guys. Mookie Betts, not counting that home run we mentioned just a few minutes ago, two fourteen weighted runs created yeah, plus. That's a large tonight. That's pretty good. That's a good 25 spots better than Trout, and Trout's the man. So, Manny Machado, Machado, Betts, and Trout. Those are the three best players in baseball right now. Machado playing like he doesn't want to be in Baltimore, and that's a good thing yeah. right now. So. Uh, Cubs, or Cubs maybe, have heard rumblings. Cubs are a favorite to maybe get him. Of course. Cubs at shortstop, so uh, he's got to be moved. And, uh, again, I'm fine with it being now. It doesn't have to be July 31st to 3 o'clock. I mean, if I'm the trading team, I want him now. I would like him before the All-Star break. That would be preferable uh, for me. So some good stuff right there. Uh, I guess uh, a bright spot for the Royals, uh, Jorge Solar, uh, outfielder DH guy that they got for the Cubs, or from the Cubs. Good segues today. And it was uh, from Wade Davis. So he's, uh, he's had a good couple of weeks, so that's good for them. Um, anything else tickle? Pickle your fancy as far as the baseball. Bryce Harper walking a lot, yeah. right? Twenty. Uh, he's walking twenty-two percent of the time. And that would put him around twelfth all time. So he's his average isn't high, but he's having a great year. He's walking a lot. He's having more of a Joey Votto-ish type of year than I think a Bryce Harper oh, kind wow. of year. I think a Bryce Harper year is to, to be a little bit more aggressive, but that might have a lot to do with uh, the way they're pitching him. Exactly. Yeah. Joey Votto got, off to a, Votto got off to a bad start. He's coming around. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt has been very bad this year. Uh, Arizona, they've really dropped off the map here these these last two weeks. So they've got some injuries uh, to their pitching staff. Now A.J. Pollock, uh, he's gone. So uh, they've got some injuries there, and it looks like the, the West is open. The Dodgers are uh, – it's a struggle. Lots of injuries, lots of underperformance, but it uh, looks like that division – uh, will be wide open for really anybody besides San Diego to uh, to take a crack at, it, and that might be a division where you only need to win maybe eighty seven games to get it. Well, done. you know, it's important, it's important to note that um, through forty one games, some of the teams are not as good as they seem to be, and then there are some teams who are better than they look. Uh, the Diamondbacks are probably uh, really more of a slightly above average team. Uh, teams who have really stunk, who are better than you know, that are that are better than really sucking, are probably teams like the Los Angeles Dodgers or the Washington Nationals. Blah blah blah. The American League's already set, but the National League's really weird. It is. Um, you've got the the Central is an intriguing race. Pittsburgh got off to that great start, and all they have to do is play five hundred the rest of the way just to be in the mix because they were like what ten and two, ten and three, so they can they can use that seven-game lead there and kind of uh, tread water the rest of the way. The Cubs are kind of laying in the weeds like they did last year. Not not all that impressive. St. Louis, they've been good. Milwaukee's been better than I thought they would. 
because that was all about the pitching for them. But uh, they've been uh, they've been very impressive. So Milwaukee uh, has done a good job. So it's 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 been good thus far. Um, the strikeout record with uh, Houston and the Yankees on pace. Houston's probably going to break that record by by a good margin this year. I mean, Houston's pitching staff that is the the, the number was they're striking out the same rate as Randy Johnson did. The, the the starting pitching staff. So essentially, they're bringing Randy Johnson to the mound every week or every start, and their opponent's batting average is like Pedro Martinez. How many birds did they kill in the process? Seven birds. Wow, is that per game or Lolich dead? Yeah, uh, Mickey Lolich dead. Uh, look at go to YouTube. Look up Astros bird murders. <laughs> what comes up? It's gonna. It shows every bird that they've killed from throwing baseball. There's been seven already. Good. Uh, you, men- you mentioned Mike Trout. Uh, yeah. Another another Fangraphs item. He's 26 years old right now. He's, he's already famous. surpassed the Hall, Hall of Fame uh, minimum. career war, you know, minimum. He's like average. 65? Uh, his career war, if, according to them, 50. If Trout were to, like, die in a, you know, get, getting hit yep. by a bus tomorrow, like, Trout would make the Hall of Fame, and he should. So the fact that he has... 12 years of baseball left to play. Uh, hey, it says something. He also, uh, he's passed for career, <clears throat> excuse me, career war. He's passed former Drew Butera award winner, uh, Andrew Jones. He's passed Kenny Lofton and he's passed oh. Carlos Beltran on the all time center Already. fielders career war chart. He's seventh all time, according to fan graphs. And also, uh, it's worth noting that the Angels, they've gotten a lot of talk. Obviously, they got Otani. Pools got 3,000 hits. Trout's been amazing. And they've lost seven of the last ten. They are, they're falling off the pace that the Astros are setting three and a half games back in the American League West. Trout's amazing, though. See, Seattle. I want Seattle to make the playoffs. Hey, hold on a second. True yes. or false? Is there a serious argument to be made that um, Shohei Otani is the best baseball player on planet Earth. Yes. Because nobody can do... Because he can throw 100 miles an hour? Because nobody can do what he... Nobody can do what he can do. I don't know. I I think he's a better pitcher than a hitter, but he's an amazing hitter. If if you put him in the lineup full-time, he'd probably hit 30 home runs. He's probably going to hit 20 home runs this year. Incredible, and he's a he can throw 100 miles an hour. I saw a stat where it's like his sinker, uh, it's it's the best pitch in baseball because hitters are like one for 45 on his sinker this year. I mean, he's uh, he should you know I'd be go- Verlander's probably starting the All Star game, but he'll probably make the All Star game. They can use him as a pitcher and a hitter. I mean that, that I want to see again. I wanted to see what his WAR was going to be. Can he be like a three WAR hitter and be like a five WAR pitcher? Like that's that's amazing. And tremendous, and I think very possible. Yeah, no one's done that in any kind of serious modern way. So, show me a time. Very good baseball player. Anyway, and Brendan McKay with Tampa. There's Tampa again. He's doing it. I believe he's still doing it in the minor leagues. He's pitching and he's hitting out of Louisville in the draft last year. And I want him yeah, to continue. Yeah. And I want him to continue that because people say, "Oh, you can't do this." Yes, you can. If you're good at both, you can do both. I want him to continue doing it, not in Tampa Bay, because they're going to move that team. Good. Move it to Portland, wherever you're going to move it. 
So yeah, <laughs> Otani's been a great story. Um, it's, it's been a good baseball season. A lot of tremendous individual performances. You mentioned Seattle, uh, Mr. Cano. Uh, yep, suspended, losing eleven million dollars for that specific sp- suspension, losing eighty games. Uh, where do you stand on his legacy? There's talk about the Hall of Fame. I think he'll still go in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, you know, who knows how long he's been using. Like, if he gets another one, then I think it's a serious discussion because mm-hmm. I think you're suspended for a season. But uh, but right now, he's a Hall of Famer. He's got a long way to go. He's got, you know, many years ahead of him. He already has almost 300 home runs, and he's on track for 3,000 hits. And also... Uh, if we're using that that same metric we used with Trout, seventh best second baseman of all time already. Yeah, he's in. He's in now. If he gets his, if he gets suspended again, then uh, then question comes into play. Uh, D. Gordon, I think, broke his toe, so they moved him to second. Now, um, and that was another dumb baseball thing I didn't like. Uh, you can't pitch and hit. You can't do both. When obviously you can, it's very rare to have somebody do that. But if you're good at both, you can. And D. Gordon, you can't move him to second because he's a center fielder now. Well, yes, you can because he played center field his entire life, and they moved him back to to second base. He broke his toe, unfortunately, so Gordon Beckham is still going to be there. But uh, I think that's another dumb baseball thing. Uh, Oh, you can't move him back to second because now he's a center fielder. If you need him there, move him there. He's an all-star. Yeah, I... I, I think you can you can be a position player who plays two different prominent wow. defensive positions, outfield and middle infield. Um, although you know it's a little bit less convenient with Gordon because the return the initial uh, data on him as a center fielder wasn't wasn't as great. Uh, but it's possible, man. Like if you're going to be a second baseman center field center fielder, like that's a pretty valuable commodity to have so like i i i i'm i support d gordon in his ability to play both mediocre center field and mediocre to average center uh, second base but anyway yeah i'm with you on that it's possible it's really not like that used to be totally foreign the idea of you being a center fielder and like shortstop second base but that's not impossible anymore Ozzy Albies update. He's Give at, me one more. Give me one more. He's at 14 home runs now for the he's year. Great. He had one tonight. Like I, I mean, is his power? I don't know if that's sustainable. I mean, I don't think anybody expected this guy to come up and be a 30 home run hitter. But that's he hit one. He hit one tonight. Is that he what did. you're saying? He did just a, a little bit. My ago. God. Yeah. Uh, I, I need everyone to know. I need everyone to know right now. The Atlanta Braves are not a 98 win baseball team. Uh, and so we all need deal. to be prepared to uh, like the Braves for their uh, for likely being a like 500 baseball team for the next four months of baseball. And if they're a 500 so, baseball if, team for the next four months, so if they're a 500 baseball team for the rest of the season, they're winning the division. I know. It's like the Rockies last year. Yeah. The Rockies made the playoffs, and they were like 20 games above 500, like middle of June, and then they played like Perfect. seven games below 500 the rest of the way because that's what they were. I think the Braves are making the playoffs. I think the yeah, Braves I mean, are. I mean, you I mean right. Washington. I mean, Washington. Between I mean, Washington, do something. Do something. You've never won a playoff series. Do something. 
Uh, Cleveland, do something. Uh, the Angels are losing again, 5-0. So I think, you know, the Angels are coming back to earth. I really want to see Seattle uh, make the playoffs. You know, Timberwolves finally made the playoffs. Buffalo Bills finally made it. And I think Seattle is going to be in that wild card game. I want to back up to the Braves. My Braves story is that my grandparents went to SunTrust Park oh, yes. earlier this year. They liked it. So that's the report. Port? From, from, T, from TV, it looks like a pretty good ballpark. Okay. It is out in the middle of nowhere. They didn't like that part, but that's baseball. I don't like the uh, the circumstances of why it was built, how it was built. Because Turner Field needed to be used by Georgia State football, okay? Well, we can't argue that. Yeah. So good good for Georgia State getting those facilities. Uh, but the Braves and the Phillies, uh, these are my two teams, as we've been well aware. The what Braves and Houston? Phillies. I mean, we've, we've graduated. I mean, they're always there. They're like, all right, we know Houston. It's like Clemson. They won the deal. We won the I'm deal. never graduating from Clemson. Well, I mean, we never do, but it's like, all right, we need to, you know, like you, a, a Xavier. We got to cultivate a new one. We got to, it's like you're you playing. You can't trust Xavier, though. I know. You, got, you can't, you can't, couldn't trust Clemson. You're playing, uh, you know, NCAA football and you mm-hmm. win your 10 national titles. That's you got to go to, That's you got to go to Wyoming and get them a going. North Texas. North Texas. Go to a crappy school. Uh, bring them up is what I say. So, yeah, Braves, Phillies, and before this year, I didn't on our MLB TV. I Braves were non-watch for me, and now they're kind of a kind of a watch. They were blocked. He had to unblock them on MLB unblock TV. Them. I don't. I watch Braves games all the time. I do now. I unblock them. Very good. So uh, that's exciting. Anything else? No, I want to watch the Twins game. I want to go. I have to go to the bathroom. I want to watch baseball. Take your phone into the bathroom like everybody else. It's interesting. <laughs> There's more strikeouts than history and pee on the podcast live. Couldn't be the first. I I feel like every guest we have, that should be a requirement. Uh, More strikeouts than hits this year. We'll see if that stays. It reminds me of the Rockets because they had, what, more threes than twos? They shot more threes than twos. Writing down, uh, you gave me these show notes. Yes. No hitters. We've already had three. Do you? What's your number up for the year here? Two more. You think there's going to be two more? Record is seven. Liriano went into the seventh. F. Liriano. F. Liriano. F. Rodney. F. Liriano. F. Romero. All the, the twins. If your name's yes. not F something, then F you. <laughs> uh, th- got the, the Sean Manaya no hitter. Yeah. Tattoo on his arm. And the uh, John Roush no hitter. Mm-hmm. Not really. <laughs> Uh, the Dodgers. I only, ha- I only have memory of the uh, team no hitter. I have. That's the one that I don't. Have I didn't any really watch that. No, I'm, it was on at a bar, and I'm like, oh yeah, Dodgers are going to no hit them. It was the next day. Then oh, they 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 threw one. Hmm. That's odd. And uh, what was the other one? The, James Paxton. Like North. James Paxton. Bird landing on his shoulder. Stacking no hitter on the stacking show the other week. He's don't speak of that. He's like James J- James Paxton. Is he good? I'm like he's, yes, he's he's good. He's pretty good. He's a good guy. So there is he, that. Have you been? Was that a cat? Meow. Yeah, I'm holding my cat right now. <laughs> yes, that is a cat. That's the cue, I think. How many? Uh, how many Rockies games have you been to this year? I've been to two. So in late April, uh, the Cubs were in town, and uh, a friend of mine offered me a ticket, and I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll go." And then uh, it wasn't until I got to the ballpark that I realized that. The ticket was for a literally a private suite. Oh yeah, uh, nice. And so I got to the ballpark. <laughs> I mean, we got. And I was starving to death. Like I, uh, I hadn't eaten since like the previous like afternoon, which you know whatever. 
and uh, and I get into this private suite, and there's this like this pizza, and there's like chicken, and like club sandwiches, and there's candy, and like enchiladas, and then like it was absolutely it was an absolute it was like I walked into Disneyland. It was amazing. Uh, so that happened, and then I think, um, and then so Jason Hayward for the Cubs couldn't. Anytime the ball was hit to him, he didn't know what to do because he would get caught, like, trapped in the sun, and he wouldn't know what to do because the ball was in the sun. He didn't know, didn't know what the ball is. It happened, like, three times. And uh, anyway, uh, the Cubs won that game. Uh, and then a couple weeks ago, uh, it was at the afternoon game when the Cubs played the yeah. Anaheim Angels. The Rockets oh. played the Anaheim Angels. Jason Hayward, one of the highest-paid players in baseball, by the way. Yeah, really Great. good hitter. Good, good for him to make so much money. Really good hitter. You you like Nick Pavetta? He's been good for the uh, Phillies. Pavetta, yes. Pavetta, Aaron Nola, and Jake Arrieta. That's that's a good three for for Philadelphia. So I like. Yeah, them. well, yeah, I like I like Philly in the long haul uh, to, to to maybe sneak in a, a wild card spot this year. I think they could be a be a you know a, a Machado destination uh, potentially. Um, oh. Maybe move them back to third base. So I think. I was waiting for the Phillies to make a big move. They, they, they kind of they had Carlos Santana. They had Jake Arrieta, good signing. Santana, uh, he's hitting like under two hundred, but you know, he's hit some home runs here in the last couple of weeks. And um, Jake Arrieta has been good. Uh, Vincent Velasquez, like a nice four starter uh, for them. So Phillies and and Braves are good. I want to end it on this. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, hubbub about uh, the new baseball stadium in downtown Sioux Falls. Local. Local, keeping it local. Um, seems like a lot of people uh, w- would like this idea, I suppose. Uh, I think you would. I support it. They need a new it? stadium. More importantly, they need a new scoreboard. So whatever they're going to do, new scoreboard, for God's sakes, please. Amon, do you, do, would you prefer a, a new baseball stadium, your, your old stomping grounds of downtown Sioux Falls? Um. I, I'm I'm more in favor of that than I think probably the average person. Uh, I think Sioux Falls downtown Sioux Falls is a is a pretty area. So I mean, why not why not like boost up the kind of appeal to that area with a really cool uh, minor league stadium? Why not you know find an area that's right by the uh, the stinky Big Sioux River and uh, the, right next you know, to the John Morrell plant? I probably. Right next to the John Morrell plant, I said. Absolutely. Let's put it right next to the Morrell plant. We'll call it uh, Ham ha- John Morrell Ham Ballpark. It'd be really great. I really want that to happen. I'm really not even joking about it. I we can call it Ham Ballpark. Uh, downtown Sioux Falls. Uh, right, right by the falls. Yeah. And right by the John Morrell plant. If Make they, it happen. If I they called, wish the arena had been built there, but that's no, I don't. I don't, I don't. If they called it Falls Park, would that be too confusing? Um, yes, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that they shouldn't do it. I, I'm a big time supporter of moving it down. I don't, I don't buy the idea of like having to move it so you can have more places to park around the arena. I think that's kind of a cheesy way of doing it, but or cheesy way of looking at it. Uh, but I've been to the Saints' new stadium in in St. Paul. That's very good. How much of that is because because of that? How I think, much does that influence this? I mean, they had a good following when they were at Midway Stadium, too, but uh, the new park is nice. It's right on the edge of downtown. It's kind of cool and hipster, so I think Sioux Falls would be a good spot for that. 
I understand that it might be a little difficult to get to, but um, let's let's uh, let's walk Sioux Falls. Let's uh, park and and walk or whatever we got to do. So, I probably like the the current stadium better than you do. I mean, I'm, yeah, the, the 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 rest of it I guess is fine, but I, I just. I like the location for me personally. Location's good. Location they have now it's is a it's, quick in and out. It's, it's quick to probably get in and out. aside. I mean, it's not downtown, obviously, but it's better. You know, more, like there's a reason parking. why the arena and the right. new one. It's all there. There's a reason why it's there. There used to be nothing there, but now mm-hmm. there is stuff there. Development. Hotels I would say that the, the the scoreboard current status of the scoreboard with literally sixty percent. You can't see it. Sixty percent of the lights out, and you can't see it. Is a main, is a reason I would not go to a game right now. I mean, it's just why would you bother? All right. All right. So, for, for Denny Premier Center. Where what what's new around the Denny Premier Center? The uh, the hotel pawn shop that's already open. Well, that's boat. junk. But there's what they by the golf the hotel, course there. The crooked point. Yeah, the hotel house, restaurant yeah. there. That's that's and they're can and they want to continue to develop right that area right there. So no. No, downtown. Downtown ballpark. Um, I think there's a ton of potential to make like a really cool, gorgeous, brand new uh, sure. ballpark that wouldn't just be for Sioux Falls, Pheasants, Canaries games. Uh, there's a lot of potential there. And so, uh, yeah. And by the way, we all agree on this. I think all three we of us do. agree on that, yeah. on the ballpark. It'll so, be nice. A lot of people will see it because new... Uh, downtown, you just got to find a place to put it. By the way, if you're one of the people who argues that, well, you got to have a minor league affiliation, yeah. that's just stupid. I mean, that is just stupid. The league they're in makes a lot of sense. Sioux Falls, I don't think, I mean, I think they could support a minor league team, but it's clear that there's not a league to really get into. So stop perpetuating that. Just keep the Canaries and build that. And, and we're just too far north for weather purposes. Right. You just, you know, yeah, it's not feasible. All that feasible. Um, Jesse Chavez, pitcher, not a good pitcher, but a pitcher. Um, he's on the Canaries. Yeah, he's on Texas now, apparently. And uh, to, to we started with the uh, with the one inning start, so we'll end with the one inning start. Jesse Chavez says it's not baseball. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You're not benefiting anybody but the organization. It's it's like they want you to help them score runs. It's like you're trying to prevent us from scoring. Like yes, their job is to is to prevent you from scoring runs, and if this is the way they got to do it, um, so just some of these quotes are are interesting. Uh, Adam Adovino, who we mentioned, he said it's a strategy for a team that's struggling in the first inning. They don't have the Houston rotation, so they're doing something out of the box. Uh, sure, that's completely uh, sensible. Kenley Jansen says that sure won't fly in the playoffs. Well, Tampa Bay, they're not making the playoffs here anytime soon. So Nate Jones, reliever for the White Sox of the first inning, is where all the runs are scored. So it makes sense. So he knows uh, he knows the deal. I will say, I would be interested in going to a Canaries game later this year because Rafael Palmero. He's still, in that league? He's uh, 53 years old and he hit a home run last night against Fargo Moorhead. What team was he Fargo playing? Moorhead. I think he's playing for Cleburne, which is a new team in Texas. I don't know when they... Uh, when do they play Sioux Falls? Uh, I'm looking right You look now. that up because if that's happening, we're going to be at that game. Oh, it happens at the end of August. We're going to be there. Uh, 27th Maybe. and the 28th. Yeah, it's kind of what's... Is that that... Uh, it's not ideal. That's the week before Labor it's a Day? Monday and a Tuesday, yeah. Week before Labor Day, doable. We'll we'll do that, so... Will he still be in the league? I think he'll probably August. be up he'll with probably, the Twins. He'll probably um, be up with the Twins. They'll need him. Up with the Twins. 
final thoughts uh, for your, your 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 final point, Amit, as we wrap it up. There are a lot of current baseball players who are really uh, smart about playing baseball who don't know how to like think about baseball. Um, that's why there's dumb people. That's why there's guys making like dumb comments. It's very confusing. You would think that people who are very good at playing baseball are also very smart at thinking about baseball, but it's just not the case. It's a very weird thing. I, I'm not going to understand it between here and the next time that I talk to anyone about baseball. It's just always going to be that way. Bizarre. See the ball, think the ball, hit the ball. Right? You got to think. You got to catch the ball. That's all people know. Well, rule, yeah, rule number one of baseball, you got to catch it. TWTW, catch the ball. So, uh, first podcast of the season. I'm sure we'll be back here uh, before the All-Star break. This is probably one of the most winding podcasts you've had, and that's the way I like it. Because there's a, uh, it's a large, a large net. Oh, man, you can't cast a big enough net. Take your big net and bring it to the ballpark. Catch some homers. Do it. For Drew Ahmed on the phone, for Marcus Traxer in the studio, I'm Travis Crins, 2080 Baseball Podcast. We'll see you at the ballpark or something like that. We'll see you downtown Sioux Falls. Play ball!